What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Thursday, August 20th. Hopefully, all you guys are having a good week up until this point. Hopefully, your week has been successful, productive, and hopefully, each and every day you are improving and making steps toward being the best self that you can possibly be, man. As always, please continue to be safe out here. The coronavirus is a real deal virus claiming the lives of countless amounts of people, man. So, please wash your hands as much as possible. Please wear a mask whenever you go out and if it is hotter than 84 degrees wherever you may be on the globe please go outside and get some uv rays some ultraviolet rays on your skin because the sun kills majority of viruses and that does not exclude the coronavirus so please go out and get some sun man as always again hopefully all you guys have had a nice and good week hopefully you finish your week off strong and you have an even better weekend a cool relaxing weekend as always, though, we are still demanding justice for Elijah McClain. We are still demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. And anybody that's been a victim of police brutality or even worse, police murderings, we are still demanding justice, which should be basic human rights. But we are going to demand justice until we get justice for their family members and their loved ones in their life. And may they rest in paradise. But as always, let's get right into it to some basketball news. So earlier today, the first game of today in the NBA playoff slate was the second game, the game two between the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers, where the Heat went up two games to zero, and they won today's game by a score of 109 to 100. So let's get into the box score real quick. For the Indiana Pacers, Victor Oladipo scored 22 points, four assists, one rebound, and two steals. Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon both had 17 points each, and TJ Warren had 14 points, shooting 7-15 seven, seven overall and 0-5 from the three-point line. For the Miami Heat, you had Duncan Robinson lead all scores with 24 points, shooting 7-8 overall and all those shots were from behind the arc at the three-point line he also dished out two assists two rebounds and one steal you had Goran Dragic have a phenomenal game scoring 20 points dishing out six assists three rebounds again he was in the starting lineup for this game Jimmy Butler had 18 points six assists seven rebounds and two steals Tyler Hero off the bench had 15 points three assists five rebounds and one steal Bam Adebayo had seven points four assists five rebounds, two steals, and one block. And Kelly Olenek had seven points and seven rebounds. So, going back to game one real quick before we get into game two. So, game one was pretty much a closely contested game for majority of the game, but really it just came down to the clutch factor of Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic, who have spectacular fourth quarter games. We'll talk about that because they also had that in game two today. So, pretty much that's, that was how they won the game. And so, in game two, The game started off with Duncan Robinson absolutely on fire. He did not have a really good game one. Of course, it was his first playoff game ever. So game two, he came back out the gate and hitting threes. I think he had three threes to start off the game in the first quarter. The Heat came out on a 12-3 run. Again, most of those shots are points due to the fact that Duncan Robinson was on fire from behind the arc. And I noticed offensively, the Heat were attacking Aaron Holiday. Aaron Holiday is the second Holiday brother on the Indiana Pacers. He's the youngest of them all. But he is a very, very small player. He's a point guard. He's probably like 6'2". That's probably giving him, you know, a little bit extra height. But he's probably around 6'1". And the Heat were actually really attacking him. They want to go at him to try and get easy layups and stuff like that. And then where I got concerned at, Bam Adebayo picked up two early fouls and the Heat decided to bench him. They didn't want to take any risks. So they decided to bench him for majority of the first half. He didn't come back until later in the second quarter. But after that, though, the Pacers got much more aggressive at attacking the rim once Bam Adebayo left the game, and they got to the free throw line as much as possible. They really, really lived at that free throw line today, and even though they didn't shoot great from the free throw line, they shot pretty solid, but 
they got to the free throw line nonetheless, and they were able to slow the game down and play in their favor. And that was really, really big for them after all. And then Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon, who I thought was a very good acquisition coming over from the Milwaukee Bucks, I believe, I want to say it was either last summer or the summer before that. He has been a really good player, and he's always, wherever he's playing at or whoever he's playing for, he's always been a very consistent player on both ends of the floor. When it comes to creating separation offensively, hitting threes, getting guys involved, and defensively, he's active. He has long arms. He has a strong upper body and lower body. He can slide, good lateral quickness. He is a really, really good player. And in that first quarter, he carried the Pacers offensively. He took a big load. He was shooting threes. He was getting to the rack. He is a really, really good player, again, on both sides of the ball. Also, for the Miami Heat, I noticed defensively, they were switching almost everything. And they do have a really versatile team. They do have the personnel to do so. But Miles Turner, who I think has been shooting the ball better from the three-point line than what he does in the post, he was getting a lot of mismatches. And really, you had Duncan Robinson on him a couple different times. Tyler Hero switched on to him a couple different times. Really, the only players on the Heat that can guard him are like Jay Crowder, Bam Adebayo, Iguodala, and Jimmy Butler. But outside of that, it may be Derrick Jones Jr. Everybody else is kind of hard when you switch on to Miles Turner because, again, he's a big physical player. Again, he's not shooting too great inside of the arc and close to the basket, but he is a really good player and lethal threat from the three-point line. He did have a really good game from the three-point line, knocking down shots for three. He played actually really well today, much, much better than what he played in game one. And then Jimmy Butler had a stretch where I think he threw like three turnovers in like four minutes, and the first one ended up being a Malcolm Brogdon three. The second one, he actually chased it down and ended up blocking a Victor Oladipo dunk, but TJ, TJ Warren got the offensive rebound and put it up over Duncan Robinson. I think he had another one, too, that just ended up being another layer for TJ Warren, actually, off a good assist from Victor Oladipo. So he had a stretch where he was just playing pretty careless with the ball. I don't know what he was doing, but he wasn't doing his best when it comes to protecting the ball. Also, the Heat had a whole bunch of missed layups throughout the course of this game from Goran Dragic had a missed one. Jimmy Butler had an easy floater that he should have made off the glass. And I think Tyler Hero also missed one in transition as well. So they had some easy looks that they ended up coming short on. And luckily, the Pacers didn't do too much damage with that because they easily could have taken advantage of those missed opportunities. But the Heat were able to stay in this game. And they ended the first quarter with the score being 24-22 with the Pacers lead. In the second quarter, Jakar Sampson, who comes off the bench and replaces Miles Turner for the Indiana Pacers and Nate McMillan, he had a really good stretch towards the beginning of that second quarter. He had a really good, you know, transition dunk off a of TJ McConnell feed. He had an offensive putback off a of tip, and he was just very, very active around the rim, too. He was creating havoc when it comes to the Miami Heat trying to get into the paint and get easier buckets. He was just defensive. He was a defensive monster today, and he played really, really well in the minutes that he did play today. And also, again, the Heat were missing easy layups in that second quarter two they were missing they had Tyler Hero miss a layup and they had Goran Dragic both miss very very easy shots that they usually always hit and on the Indiana Pacers side when it comes to offense Doug McDermott who was a very special player in college at Creighton playing under his father he was struggling mightily in that second quarter. He was struggling this entire game. I think he only finished with like two points, but he was just struggling. Like the, the Heat were just making him look like he wasn't even a pro. Like, I don't want to disrespect him, but he just did not look like he was playing well at all. The Heat were really physical with him. They were getting up into his skin. And then Andre Iguodala, the vet, the finals MVP, 
gave the minute gave the Heat, excuse me, some really good minutes in today's game. He was very active defensively. He had a late, you know, shot clock uh, three pointer, right shooting right over Aaron Holiday. He was just another really good player too. Defensively, he was sitting down in the stance and getting stops. And Iguodala, man, he's gonna end up being a very very valuable piece if the Miami Heat want to make a run to the NBA Finals. Trust me and believe me when I tell you guys that. Also, after that, Oladipo, Victor Oladipo ended up. You know, Oladipo is rusty. Let's all put that out there. Victor Oladipo is very, very rusty. And let's also give him the benefit of the doubt. He's taking the injury that he had last year, which I believe was a torn quad, is a rare injury when it comes to basketball. That injury does not happen much too often in basketball. I can't even remember the last person that's ever suffered a torn quad. Like, it's a rare injury. It's a really hard injury to recover from. And really... The only bright spot for Victor Oladipo since he's been back and playing in these bubble games and, of course, in the playoffs now is his three-point shooting ability. And he, I think he had, like, four to five threes in this game. Most of them were off, you know, he would stare down and size up his defender and rise up over him and shoot it. Or a couple of them were off catching shoots off good passes. And so he looked pretty solid. But when it comes to his in-between game, like trying to get to the rim, he just wasn't getting the job done. He was falling over. He just needs to get in rhythm and I think that's going to be a big thing if the Indiana Pacers want to climb back into the series and try and ultimately win it Oladipo's got to get going like he's just only shooting the ball good from three everything else he's not doing too good and when he was fully healthy he was an elite defender he can get a shot from anywhere he wanted to he had the step backs he just has a full arsenal but he just has not been able to get it going and really he got frustrated he got a technical foul Jimmy Butler ended up missing the technical foul but still he was just really really out of sync and out of groove with himself and his teammates but nonetheless though Jimmy Butler, off a late shot clock possession, he ended up losing the ball, getting it back, handing it off to Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson rises, looks like he's about to shoot the ball with like two seconds left. He ends up passing the ball back to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy gets it, rises over TJ Warren, and hits it late in the shot clock to put the heat up three. And then he had another play, too, where he was driving from the left wing, and he was going to the to his right. He ends up getting cut off by Malcolm Brogdon, but he keeps going. He shoots the ball at the elbow, gets the foul and the bucket, ends up missing the free throw as well. But nonetheless, Jimmy Butler, man, had a big-time run by himself to end the half for the Miami Heat. And, of course, they went into halftime with the lead with a score of 51-46. to In the third quarter, the game really started to speed up. Both teams had a little bit more intensity when it comes to the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. These two teams are really well-disciplined teams that don't fall for a lot of stuff. They just play really good team basketball with Nate McMillan and the Pacers and Coach Spolstra with the Heat. They are both two really, really disciplined and solid and tough teams. And really, in that third quarter, it looked like offensively, they were about to just take over. Like Malcolm Bryan had a couple buckets. TJ Warren had a tough bucket over Jay Crowder. It was just like both teams were just going back and forth with each other, man. And Goran Dragic, this dude, man, is a special, special score. Literally, he was just cooking. Really, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero had a couple big-time threes. It felt like every time the Pacers, because the Pacers were never really out of this game, even though the Heat left for the majority of this game, they still were able to maintain like a, a little bit of a deficit. They were never too far out. Like I think the biggest lead for the Heat was like 15, but they were always right back into the game. And as soon as they get back into the game, Tyler Hero will hit a three or Duncan Robinson will hit a three, and the Miami Heat will swing momentum back in there favorite uh favorites and so really they just look really good and tj warren again had a couple floaters he had i think two floaters in that third quarter to get some buckets to start to kind of get him in a rhythm because he wasn't playing really well either again he shot all five from the three-point line only having 14 points in this game of course having those spectacular seating games on um, performances and so 
After that, Indiana got into a lot of foul trouble. Again, they started to get really, really mad and frustrated with the officiating, and the refs weren't having none of that, and so they just started to get fouls. And then the Heat ended that quarter with a score of 88-77, to and in the fourth quarter, pretty much the Heat just dominated. Aside from Miles Turner hitting a couple big threes to try and keep the Pacers in the game and within striking distance, the Heat completely controlled the fourth quarter from Victor Oladipo played pretty solid too, but really it was just the Goran Dragic, the Duncan Robinson, and the Jimmy Butler show in the fourth quarter. They were getting to their spots. Duncan Robinson had a big time three off a handoff from Bam Adebayo. You were just having those three guys just make plays. Like I knew the game was over when Goran Dragic gave the ball to Bam Adebayo off a good pick and roll play with four minutes and 50 seconds left. And Bam Adebayo just caught the ball in the paint and just rose up off two feet and just dunked it like miles turner didn't even try to contest it because he knew if he did he was gonna end up on a poster and really the miami heat man a spectacular spectacular win able to go up two games to zero indiana's gonna have to do a couple things better again i think victor ladipo needs to start to get into rhythm i think miles turner is going to keep having to be more aggressive as the course of the series goes on and i think their bench from you know tj mcconnell to doug mcdermott to edmond sumner to the whole bench i think they got to step up if the Pacers want to get back into this thing and actually make this a real series because right now, Jimmy Butler's playing fantastic. Duncan Robinson's playing fantastic. This entire Heat team is playing really, really good basketball. And every time they get a win, their confidence is only getting better. So we'll see what happens on game three, which I believe will be on Saturday. Should be a really good game. And that is that. Also, though, I believe the Rockets just beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are now up two games to zero as well. James Harden had a pretty rough performance. I think Austin Rivers was playing pretty well and Ben McLemore and Daniel House was playing really well after I was watching that. And right now, I actually believe the Milwaukee Bucks are currently leading the Orlando Magic in the second game of that series. Of course, the Buck, or excuse me, the Magic won the first game, so I'm, it's looking like the Bucks are going to end up tying up that series as well. And of course, the last game of the day today will be another spectacular game between the one-seeded Los Angeles Lakers and the eight-seeded Portland Trailblazers. I think the Lakers will end up getting that W and tying that series up as well because the Blazers got the game one win and Dame had a spectacular performance. So we'll see what happens tonight, though. Moving on, though, before I get you guys out of here, I got one more thing to talk about going to the college basketball ranks and the high school basketball ranks. One of my favorite players in the in not even not not even just in his class, but in the entire country and one of the most polished and well-rounded high school basketball players that I've ever seen. I mean, ever seen in my entire life. He goes by the name of Paulo Bonchero. If you don't know who that is, he's a 6'10 power forward. He's from Seattle, Washington. He currently goes to O'Day High School in Seattle. And really, he is, again, one of the most talented players that I've ever seen in high school basketball. This dude reminds me exactly of Paul Millsap when Paul Millsap was in his prime playing as a member for the Atlanta Hawks. And even now, Paul Millsap now as a member of the Denver Nuggets, he has excellent footwork. He has the mid-range game. He can pull out and shoot the three ball if he wants to. He's a pretty solid defender. He's active everywhere on the court. And Paulo Bonchero is pretty much exactly that too. He has a step back game in his arsenal. He got the catch and shoot three down. He got the in-between game. It takes him one maybe two dribbles maximum to get from the three-point line to the cup. Like, Paulo Bonchero is a spectacular player. I actually got a chance to watch him last summer. He was competing on the Nike UIBL circuit as a member of the Seattle Rotary, which is a really great program based up in the northwest area of Seattle, and they put a, a whole bunch of different players into the NBA, and Paulo's definitely going to be one of them. And so today, Paulo, he was playing spectacular, actually, excuse me. When I watched him last summer, he was playing Again, he was I think he was 16 years old and he was playing on the 17 circuit, the top circuit for the EYBL, and he was cooking, man. Like he was just playing spectacular. There's nobody in the nation that could guard him. And so when it comes to his recruitment, his recruitment was kind of interesting because of course, you know, the Washington Huskies, Mike Hopkins, 
up there in the Pac-12. They're going to try and recruit him as hard as possible because he's one of the best players to come out of Seattle since, like, Kevin Porter Jr., to be honest with you guys. And, of course, that's only a couple years ago. But, nonetheless, Paulo Banchero spectacular. So, I thought for a second he might consider going to Washington because I believe both of his parents actually went to the University of Washington. But, me personally, I always thought that it was going to come down to Kentucky. I felt like Coach Calipari, it was just a perfect fit. I think Paulo is a one-and-done player, no doubt about it in my mind. He'll end up being in the league, and he's going to play for a decade-plus and have a really nice, successful career in the league. But... So I thought it was going to be Kentucky. And then we all seen the number one point guard in the class of 2021, Kennedy Chandler, ended up, ended up committing to Tennessee a couple weeks ago. And it's always been rumors and talks out there that it's a possibility that Kennedy Chandler and Paulo Banchero are going to end up, you know, being a, a package and going to the same school and playing together in college. And so we all thought it was not we all thought, but it was a very high chance that he was going to end up committing to Tennessee, which is also a really good program, of course, with Rick Barnes and the Vols and the SEC. And so today, he announces that he will be committing to Duke University and the Blue Devils, of course, led by Coach Krzyzewski in the ACC, located in Durham, North Carolina. This is a huge pickup. Again, this dude is a phenomenal player. And, and again, he's going to be joining a class that's just him right now and another five-star prospect by the name of Adrian Griffin, who's based out of New York. He's a, also a really talented small forward. He's about six seven, based out of the state of New York. Talented player. But, you know, this isn't going to be, you know, the last and final players in the Duke 2021 recruiting class. They're going to get some other players. Like, they're looking at Patrick Baldwin as a possibility. And also, Caleb Houston, who just reclassified from the 2022 class to the 2021 class, who's a spectacular player. This, this past year as a sophomore, he played and started on one of the best high school basketball teams ever in Montverde. But nonetheless, Paulo, whoever ends up committing alongside Paulo Bonchero and Adrian Griffin, I'm going to just say right now, if Coach K is the genius and the greatest coach of all time, like a lot of people claim he is, Paulo Bonchero needs to be the number one option on this Duke team once he gets up to Durham in 2021. Because this dude, again, man, he is going to play in the league. He is going to be a phenomenal pro. He has excellent footwork. When you put him, if you put him in the high post, like the elbow area, he is virtually unguardable. And the Seattle Rotary coaches, credit to them, they put him in a whole bunch of successful situations to succeed. And literally, man, he has a spin move. He got the hooks. He can shoot threes. He's just a pure basketball player. 6'10", big broad shoulders. He's already got a college-ready body. He is a phenomenal player, man. I cannot wait to watch him play for the Duke Blue Devils. And I'm not even a big Duke fan. Even though I love what Coach K has done with that program, I love the culture that they have there. But this dude... I guarantee you right now, he's going to end up being one of the best players, I'll say it right now, that Coach K will have ever coached. And of course, he's had players like Kyrie Irving and a couple other players like Grant Hill. But trust me, Paulo Bonchero, of course, Zion is on his way too. Paulo Bonchero is a special, special player. Duke fans, you guys should definitely be excited because he is a once-in-a-generation type of talent. But as always, man, shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sportsman. I'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist featured alongside a whole bunch of other really talented and great writers slash bloggers slash artists and journalists. So please go check us out, man. We are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram for your daily sports news and needs. Trust me and believe me when I tell you guys that Nuts and Bolts Sports has you guys absolutely covered. We are also on YouTube. I believe it is at Nuts and Bolts Sports, so please go check us out on the tube as well for all your sports news and needs. We got you on the tube as well, man. 
Also, I am also on Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network alongside a whole bunch of other really, really talented content creators and podcast hosts. So please go check us out. We got a long list of a whole bunch of tons and tons and a variety of really good sports podcasts out there. So please go check us out on our podcast network as well, man. As always, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. That is how we share grow and expand the podcast forgive me for that and as always man you gotta stay out there stay blessed stay safe continue to do what you gotta do to make ends meet continue to get better each and every single day as always peace love and blessings gone